Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning into Lunch Lines. My name is Shauna McQueen. I will be your host. I'm a registered dietitian and nutrition strategist. And today I am speaking with Frankie Gaw. I have a feeling you guys are going to be seeing a lot of him recently if you haven't already. So why don't we kick things off right now? Thank you all for joining. I am here with Frankie Gaw, the author of the upcoming cookbook, First Generation. Frankie, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your cookbook? Yeah, so um, my cookbook is a, um, it's like a collection of recipes that um, kind of span my experience as like a Taiwanese American, like first generation immigrant. Um, my family, they're all originally from Taiwan and then they all immigrated together um, back in the 70s and 80s. And so, and then I was born in the 90s in Texas. And so I feel like I've grown up with this like hodgepodge of all these different cuisines. Like, you know, I grew up in Cincinnati. So I grew up with a lot of like Midwestern food, comfort food. And then I also have my family's food, which is like dumplings, the noodles, and um, all these kind of like home cooked traditional meals that I've always had. And so I really wanted to like create a cookbook that kind of was a collection of that experience where um, I feel like at least for me, like I had never really seen a cookbook that um, kind of showed the immigrant experience and like what that food is like, where it's not completely traditional, but it's not completely American either. And so, um, yeah, I just really wanted to re represent my own personal experience as a Taiwanese Amer American immigrant through um, a cookbook. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. So what was it that um, actually kind of got you excited to get in the kitchen and start experimenting with all of these different flavors and recipes? Yeah. I mean, my, my family has always been like a food family, like, you know, everyone um, has always known how to cook. And so I just like grew up with food around me. And so, um, but like, because I grew up with a lot of women, especially in my family. And so they were always the ones cooking and they would never let me cook. So I always just ate their food. <laughs> and then at some point, like when I was older, um, in around college time was when I started to really, um, be interested in actually cooking um, because the food in our college campus wasn't so great. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I started cooking and then that kind of, I started with just American food just because that was what I was used to eating in college. And then um, as I started getting older, I started um, thinking about, you know, the food that I grew up with. And I was like, oh wait, like I could actually learn how to make those comfort foods that, you know, I always crave, but, you know, I never can, I never can get them like unless I go to my grandma's house and so that's what started that spark of like okay like I'm going to start cooking um the food that I grew up with and um that has a lot of nostalgia and comfort for me so so yeah I started I started cooking my family's food around um I don't know it was really only just a few years ago um and slowly I started learning all these recipes from my grandma. So she writes down all her recipes on like just random pieces of paper. So I had like my aunt translate all the recipes and 
send them to me. And I also would fly to my grandma's every now and then to watch her cook. And I would record her like with my phone uh, and then slowly just kind of figured out how to make um, all these different types of food. So, yeah, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, you it's such a, such an awesome experience of being able to get that like really authentic, like straight up grandma's cooking. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I was like, and I think the other thing too, is like my, like I, my family's not that big. Like I only have four other cousins and like none of them are really interested in cooking. They just like to eat it. And so I was like, oh shoot. Like if all like once I'm like old and like everyone else is gone, like no one's gonna, like, no one's going to know how to cook these, these recipes that like we always want to eat uh, when we're, whenever we're at our family's house. And so that kind of also jump started the like, Oh, I better like learn these recipes so I can like pass them on and document them. So they're never just like lost with like my generation of like cousins that doesn't care about cooking. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was that like kind of learning um, these uh, really authentic recipes that you grew up with, but also kind of putting your own flavor on it? You know, how, how did you kind of balance those things? What was it like recipe testing and all that stuff? Yeah. So yeah, I think I started with just like trying to learn all the basics and like learn how to do them like directly from my grandma and then um I've always been someone who's just like very creative like I, I really like thinking out of the box um like my profession before like cooking was um a designer in tech and so I've always been someone who likes to kind of just like create and kind of see what I could figure out and combining different things um so with food it's like you know trying out and experimenting with flavors um and pulling from different places so like pulling from both like my family's background, but also pulling from my own experiences growing up, like in Cincinnati, and kind of seeing like, if there are any similarities. Um, so, so yeah, I've always, yeah, I've always just liked doing that as just um, through food, just like creating different combinations. And um, yeah, like thinking about different food memories and, and seeing what comes on the plate as a result of that. Yeah. Do you, is there a specific food memory that like really sparked, uh, one of the recipes in the cookbook? Yeah. So I, I recently just, um, I've, I've just been doing a lot of, um, like small dishes and appetizers and, um, like one specific recipe that I'm really excited about is this, this cornbread that I'm, that I made. Um, so one of the food memories that it's based off of is like our family used to always go to Cracker Barrel in, in Ohio. <laughs> like we just like love Cracker Barrel and <laughs> we course. always ordered, uh, yeah, so good. Uh, and we always ordered, uh, the cornbread, like, like my family had never had cornbread until we had went to Cracker Barrel. And so we were just like obsessed with getting the cornbread every single time we went. And so that's just always been like a distinct memory. Um, like my love of cornbread was always from Cracker Barrel. And so um I wanted to like have a bread that had the flavor of Cracker Barrel cornbread um but with Asian baked goods like we like to we like to create breads that are very like fluffy and soft and chewy so um that is also something that I really love in in my carbs also is like that texture like that's something I think is really distinct within within Asian baked goods so um I had this idea of like oh like what if I could combine like the texture of like the all of like the breads that I remember growing up with in the Asian bakeries but then have the flavor of like this Cracker Barrel like Midwest like cornbread and so 
I've been doing so many tests and trying to get um, kind of the right combination. So one of the recipes I have in the book is this, um, it's like a fluffy, almost like a milk bread where it's like really soft, really fluffy, um, bouncy texture, but it has like, when you eat it, it tastes like, like cornbread basically. And so, um, so yeah, it was kind of like a combination of these like two nostalgic experiences that uh, resulted in this like recipe, so. That's so yeah. cool. I love that combination. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so typically, um, those like fluffier breads would be maybe like a yeasted bread, but the cornbread mm -hmm. is what probably just. Yeah, it's right? usually not. Yeah, it's just like cornmeal and yeah, the flour and um, yeah, so it's not yeasted. So. Um, it's so interesting because when you start playing around with these traditional recipes, like the like chemistry and the food science behind it changes. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to really go for one particular texture or even a flavor, sometimes if you're using some alternative ingredients, things can get um, yeah. challenging. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely ran into a lot of challenges of like putting too much corn cornmeal and corn flavor and then the bread was just like cornbread basically without being fluffy and so yeah it was, it was like a science experiment for sure that's that's cool and that is a recipe that I will be like on the hunt for as soon as yeah. the book gets released that Thanks. sounds that sounds really great um but it seems like also when it comes to the cookbook aside from all of the recipe testing and all of the mm. background work you did um you also shot everything yourself is that true yes yeah yeah so for the cookbook and yeah and for my um like Instagram too. Yeah. I, I shoot all my own photos. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's just something that I've always loved doing is photography. Um, and I love also just the idea of like styling my own shots and, and, and creating these images. And so, yeah, that's just always been a passion of mine. And so naturally I wanted to, to photograph all my own, um, cookbook photos. So well, your, your Instagram is like absolutely to die for, and you can tell your, um, design background, like really kind of comes into play with just how thoughtfully everything is plated, how beautiful it is. You know, one of the first things that probably everybody who goes to your page notices, just like your dumplings mm -hmm. are yeah. just out of this world. Like they, look like they could be 3d printed. They are just, yeah. they yeah. are like the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Thank so yeah. <laughs> um, what was it like kind of practicing that technique and getting it to the point where it was just mm -hmm. like art? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a mix of a lot of things. Like, I mean, I kind of have the advantage of growing up making dumplings pretty much since I was like a kid. And so I've, I've always been used to kind of being able to fold dough around like a piece of meat. Like that's just in the same way that like, I know how to like read and write, like just folding dumplings has always just been in my arsenal of like things that I've just naturally known how to do. And so um, so it was easy for me to kind of like continue pushing that skill and saying like, oh, like what other kinds of dumplings I can make. And so, um, so for like the folds that like my family didn't teach me, like there's a lot of like really, um, cool videos on like YouTube, for example, that show you how to create all these different kinds of folds. And so, um, like I love going through all the like Chinese, like Asian mom YouTube channels where it's just all in Chinese, but like you can, they basically like teach you how to make all these like intricate folds. And so that was like one, one place I also looked to kind of like 
enhance my skills of dumpling folding and and eventually I kind of like put my own spin on it like uh, a lot of my other things and so just experimenting with like colored dough and experimenting with um, texture and flavor and so um, so yeah that's kind of how it all kind of culminated into the dumplings that are that you see now so yeah and you've got a few tutorials on your website too I was definitely mm-hmm like looking at the braiding technique like, yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's tricky like I it took me a long time like the braided one like used to look like a like hot garbage when it's finished but now yeah it, it just takes practice so yeah I love that um so the cookbook launches this fall mm-hmm. that is so exciting and this is your yeah. very first one so what was the yeah. process like of being like I have all these recipes that I, I, I want to do something with, but then what happened after that? Yeah. So, I mean, the cookbook kind of came like by surprise a little bit. Like I, I've always just like loved creating recipes. And so like in my head, like I was just like working my job in tech and then cr- doing these recipes on the side. Like I never really thought like, Oh, like I could turn this into like a full cookbook or a full career. Um, so I, I, I always knew I wanted to make a cookbook at some point, but I never really, yeah, I never really imagined that it would happen that soon. So, um, so when the cookbook deal came about, like, I think the process was just, um, me going through a lot of like the different memories and, and foods that I had growing up, both from like my family's Taiwanese background, but also just like things that I loved growing up as a kid, like, you know, pop tarts and and eggo waffles and McDonald's like pulling all these different things that like kind of make up my culinary experience and just coming up with a bunch of different ideas around that um in terms of like recipe development for the cookbook and so yeah that's kind of just how um how how I started it and yeah I'm just kind of like pushing through all these recipes and recipe testing and um editing um as I'm as I'm making it so yeah. What was that um, career switch like for you? Like, what was the moment where you're like, yeah. I'm all in, I'm doing it. I mean, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a moment of like, am I making the right decision? Like, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. But um, cause yeah, I was in tech for like seven years up until last year. And so um, it was kind of like my, my comfort zone. Like I was like, okay, like, you know, I love being a designer. Like, this is where I'm at. Like, this is my career is going to be in design. And then, um, food was just like a side thing. Like it was always a side hobby, kind of just like a passion project. And so, um, I think the moment came when like the food stuff really started picking up. So like it started becoming less about like, sharing with my friends only and then it started like the audience started to build and I and feeling like the growth it just started to becoming more and more of like a second job and so by the time last year when like we were in the pandemic like you know I was in zoom meetings for work and I'd be literally like you know kneading dough and like mixing meat meat like in the middle of like a you know, a product strategic review. <laughs> and like, I didn't really care because I was like, you know, I, like I'm, I'm at home. Like I might as well like, you know, do the things that I want to do. Uh, and so like, I think there was a certain point where like I was, oops, sorry. My mom is calling me. <laughs> um, let me just turn this, do not disturb on real fast. <laughs> um, 
sorry, give me a second. Um, yeah, so um, there's a point where I was cooking so much um, that like, I was ba basically like my time was 50% like work, 50% cooking. Um, don't tell my employer that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, and so at that point I was like, okay, like I'm spending so much time cooking, like, and I was trying to assess like why, and it was because I was just like so passionate about it. And so um, I kind of was just like, you know, life is too short. Like, you know, I should just like go for my dreams a lot earlier than like, it's always been something I've wanted to do, but like, I don't know, the pandemic really just like put things into perspective for me. And I was just like, you know, I should just like go for the things that, that may, might not make sense now, but like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, it's okay. Um, but you might as well go for it while you have this momentum. Um, so I kind of just took that and I, you know, came up with a, a rough plan of like, okay, like here, I've saved this much up, like this will last me like two years. And so like, I'm just gonna give myself two years, see where it goes. And, and then I just bit the bullet and quit my job. <laughs> so, and then got a cookbook deal right after that. So yeah, uh, it kind nice of all happened really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm really grateful for for being able to even like do this um, so quickly. So that's wonderful. Yeah. So what are you thinking? You know, as you are continuing continuing to like build your own brand, your own kind yeah. of like culinary niche. Um, what are you mm -hmm. thinking about for the future? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of different ideas. I think for me, after I finish writing, I really want to get into video because I love um shooting video also it's, I feel like it's like an extension of a photography um like even just like in the past with design like I've always loved storytelling and creating like a whole narrative um people to kind of engage with and so video has naturally always been something I've been drawn to so I think I'll probably start shooting videos right after I send in my manuscript and maybe even like work on some of the recipes that are in the book so by the time the book comes out people can um, can can have like a companion piece to kind of experience the cookbook. Um, I think long term, I would love to have um, like my own product line of something, whether that's um, like a frozen dumpling brand or to have my own like cookware. Um, I actually studied industrial design in college, so I've always loved like physical goods. And so, um, yeah, like having some sort of like home goods line paired with like food, I think would be amazing. Um, but that's more of like stretch, stretch goal. So taking babies. So, I love it. Yeah. Well, those are some of my dreams. <laughs> that's so cool. I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for all of those things because I yeah. definitely believe it's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, okay. Just a few more questions just for yeah. fun. Would love to know what is your favorite thing to make for company and who is your ideal dinner guest? Oh, wow. Um, the, what would I make for company? Um, I think I would make um, barbecue. <laughs> I really love barbecue. And I feel like it's easy to make for a group because you just like get one big hunk of meat. And if you prepare a day in advance, you can just like cook it all day. And then by the time everyone's hungry, you just have this giant hunk of meat that people can kind of like pull off of and, and put into like a tortilla or a piece of bread. And so, um, yeah, I always like making barbecue. Um, and then my ideal guest would probably be Oprah. <laughs> I've always loved Oprah. Yes. Um, 
I feel like she would just give me so much life advice and give me a better sense of direction on where I should take my life. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like I would just feel good around her. So I think my <laughs> ideal guest would be Oprah. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I think she yeah. she would be an amazing dinner guest. Oh man, well, Frankie, thank you so much for mm-hmm. taking the time today to speak with me. Um, I cannot wait for your cookbook coming up thank fall you. 2022. Um, but in the meantime, why don't you tell us where we can follow your journey? Yeah, so my website, uh, you can see all my recipes there. It's uh, littlefatboy.com. Uh, and uh, on social media, it's uh, Little Fat Boy Frankie. So yeah, you can find me there and, and check it out. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much again. And um, can't wait to connect again soon. Cool. Thank you so much. All right, that is our show. Thank you so much for tuning into Lunchlines and thank you so much to Frankie Gaw for his time and coming by to speak with us. If you aren't already, be sure to follow him on Instagram at littlefatboyfrankie to learn more about his upcoming cookbook and see some beautiful, beautiful photos. Um, And thank you all again for listening and we'll see you next month.